What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Warrior Soul Podcast. My name is Chris Albert. This podcast is dedicated to helping veterans and to delivering tools, tactics, strategies, and ideas to help the U.S. military veteran community and anybody else willing to listen out there to live their absolute best lives. You know, I've been doing this podcast for six years right now, and uh, I've interviewed some amazing people. I've had on Robert Greene, the author of The 48 Laws of Power, Gary John Bishop, the author of Unfuck Yourself, Boss Rutten, the famous MMA fighter. I've had on Les Stroud, the survivor man, and also people like today's guest, uh, repeat guest Eddie Gallagher, U.S. Navy SEAL, and we'll talk about his story in a second. I just want to say this, guys. Um, you know, this community has been absolutely amazing, and I consider this podcast to be one of the things I'm most proud of doing in my life. I've never made a dime off of this show, uh, and I don't intend to. I do this because I love it. I do this because I absolutely want to help this community. I believe in this community. I believe that we are the sleeping giants in this country. So all I ask from you guys is that you share this material out, that you, you send it over to friends, that you, you share it out on social media, that, that when you hear something you like or anything like that, you write a review up on iTunes. That's it. I don't care if you buy nothing. I don't care if you, you, you ever send a dime to the show. I don't have an OnlyFans. I don't have a GoFundMe. I don't have nothing. Um, I just want you guys to listen. I've got a day job that pays me pretty well. So, so we've been pushing pretty hard here, you know, just to keep this show going and to, to, to get the word out about some of the amazing things we're talking about. Um, you know, you guys have heard of the military industrial complex before, you know, that was something that, uh, that, uh, president Eisenhower warned us about, uh, in his farewell speech. Um, I'm hearing new terms for this, and, and this is a term that I, uh, I'm starting to think about, and that is the military government media industrial complex. And what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean is that whenever anybody makes a mistake, whether it be in the military or in the government, um, it seems like the media is just going to bat for them and not questioning anything and then throwing people under the bus. And we see that all the time with military members. We see that all the time with police officers. We see that all the time with average everyday people, right? No high level government official is taking accountability for any screw ups, but you, you you find some rank and file person to throw under the bus somehow. And, you know, this year we saw Lieutenant Colonel Stu Scheller, uh, who was the only, the only military officer in the entire military to step up and say, you know, what happened here in Afghanistan? What happened with this botch withdrawal? And he did so, and he did so publicly standing up to the military and the UCMJ and the military came down on him hard. And there's one man that I know of who's stood up to something like this before and who came out on top and that's Eddie Gallagher. And what I appreciate about Eddie is that knowing everything that Eddie has been through, you know, coming out of the seals, dealing with the horrible 
media assassin job that was done on him dealing with the the US Navy and the US government trying to come down hard on him and put him away for life uh his wife having to deal with this whole situation you know he came out on top and not only did he come out on top he's still giving back he and his organization the pipe hitter foundation rushed to the aid of lieutenant colonel scheller did not take anything in return they they helped lieutenant colonel scheller uh be able to get you know pretty much a slap on the wrist for 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 what happened and i wanted to bring eddie back on the show this is his second episode i highly suggest if you want to hear more about his story um you go check out that episode you also check out his book the man in the arena absolutely outstanding book written by himself and his uh beautiful wife, Andrea, uh, along with his brother and a few others. Um, really, really awesome book that details that situation. Last time I had Eddie on, I had people reaching out to me and they're like, you know, how could you have this war criminal on? And, and if you think that about Eddie, um, you, you don't know the whole story. Eddie is a really, really good dude, wanted to serve his country, served his country to the very best he could, and then got railroaded and thrown under the bus. And that is that. You can go check out the evidence. The book isn't just his opinion about what happened. Um, They've got QR codes for the actual evidence. But the reason I brought Eddie on today wasn't to discuss that. It was to to discuss his outstanding foundation, the Pipe Hitter Foundation, who is going to bat for you know these these warriors, these first responders who are getting thrown under the bus. Uh, you know, frankly, just to to cover a lot of really bad stuff up um, that our government is doing. So uh, I wanted to get him on to talk about this, and I think you guys are going to enjoy this conversation. So with that, I'm going to stop yapping my gums. Let's get into this awesome interview with Mr. Eddie Gallagher. Eddie Gallagher, welcome back to the Warrior Soul Podcast, brother. How you doing? Doing really well, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me back on. It's a, it's an honor. I appreciate Absolutely. It. I, you know, between the last time we talked and now, I, I had the opportunity to read your book, The Man in the Arena, and my God, what you and your poor wife have been through with all that bullshit, I, I can't believe it. And, and uh, you know, one, thank you for your service, but two. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm so happy to know you as a person who's made such a, a, an amazing recovery, uh, from, from being put through the ringer for lack of a better word. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, um, thank you for, you know, reading the book and that the, that's the reason we, or I, you know, we wrote the book, um, was just to actually put the truth out there of, you know, stuff that people had no, no clue had happened. You know, we, I know as you read it, uh, we have the QR codes in there so you can pretty much look at everything. Uh, but I really wanted to highlight, uh, the, the struggle that we went through, but just that, how we overcame it, you know, and how we fought back and refused to play the victim card. And I, you know, I was really hoping people can take a lesson from that, especially with everything that's going on nowadays. Um, you know, you don't got to play the victim. You, you just got to fight back and keep moving forward and, uh, you know, it'll work out in the end. Um, as long as you stick with it and uh, stay in the fight. 
No, exactly. And, you know, uh, after the last time you came on, I had people reaching out to me, you know, they're like, how could you have him on all this stuff like that? And I'm like, do you actually know the story? Have you read the book? Like, here's some resources, go check them out. You'll learn the real story. And, and, you know, a few of them got back to me and they said, thank you. Thank you for, for telling us the truth and, and, uh, letting us know what actually happened there. Yeah. And that, you know, that's the power of the media, right? Uh, as you know, we, we found out and, I think everybody's definitely should be uh, pretty aware of now, you know, they, if they want to put out a narrative and agenda and really, you know, just keep on recycling that agenda, people won't know the truth. You know, they'll believe the first thing they hear. And, you know, that's been sort of the issue, not even an issue. It's just with writing this book and then putting it out, um, you know, everybody that's read it has, we've gotten a positive response, um, you know, because we're not hiding anything. We're like, here is everything. Um, but then, you know, you still have those people that are, you know, the naysayers or, you know, right, right away, just call me a war criminal. And I, you know, I don't even get mad. It's like, did you read the book? No. You know, did you do any research? No. Then, okay. You're just regurgitating whatever's being told to you from the media. And, you know, I sort of feel sorry for you at this point, but it's fine. You know, it's the nature of the beast. Um, we've, we've come a long way since then, uh, since, you know, getting out and writing the book, releasing the book. And, you know, we, it was a big focus of ours for a while. Uh, but now, you know, at some point you got to move on, move forward, start doing other things and, uh, start helping people out, which is what we wanted to do. And, you know, we had created the, uh, pipe hitter foundation pretty much, you know, right after my trial. And, um, you know, it was a rough start getting that going, uh, through the whole quarantine and the, whatever the pandemic, but we managed to keep pushing forward. And now we, you know, we're really getting some steam, uh, going ahead and it's, it's awesome. We've, we've helped out a lot of people so far and hopefully we'll just keep continuing to do that. Yeah. That's amazing. You know, I, I I just want to say this, you and your wife have literally, you know, gone out of your way to create this foundation and, you know, it's needed right now more than it ever was because of what we have in office, because of our media climate right now. And, and because of things, frankly, that have happened over the last couple of months, I mean, um, you, you were a big, big, uh, uh, foot with, uh, with Lieutenant Colonel Stu Scheller and the incident that happened there. And, um, you know, I definitely want to talk about that, but you know, this whole withdrawal from Afghanistan, and and what it set off, uh, you know, having thirteen service members killed, yeah. um, and and all of us having to sit here, frankly, and and you know, listen to some people acting like it's a it's a huge success, and nobody being called out on it, and literally, you know, if, if you haven't heard of Stu Scheller, you, you're probably living under a rock. But if you're listening to this ten years from now, he was the only officer in in the entire military to actually come out and say something, right? Yep. Yeah. Which was, which is huge. And I don't think, you know, I know for people that have served in the military, uh, they know what a big deal that is. Uh, but you know, for civilians, um, listening, you know, the, the fact that a officer stood up in uniform and said, Hey, where's the accountability for this botched withdrawal? Um, because the rest of us, and it was very hard. It was a hard time for all of us, all veterans. I think everybody was sort of feeling the same thing. They're frustrated. Um, they, you know, I, I knew that, Afghanistan was not going to work out. Anybody that served there long enough, you're like, this isn't going to be a place that we're going to thrive in here. Or like, you know, we're not, we're not really making a a lifelong impact. You know, it's just the way they are over there, which is not a, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's just the way it is. Um, 
but the way that the withdrawal was handled, you know, and I agreed, I agreed with the pulling out of Afghanistan. I was like, it's about time. Um, but it just, it was frustrating to see the, the, uh, lack of, um, attention to detail that was put into withdrawal. It just seemed the lack of planning or, you know, just the lack of thought, uh, that was put into it. And then, you know, it showed, uh, once the withdrawal happened and, uh, you know, as we all, we all watched it on TV, uh, it was very hard to watch a lot of, you know, mixed emotions from guys. Um, and, you know, to have this Lieutenant Colonel, um, come out and speak out and ask for accountability, um, that I think that really it resonated with me big time. Um, it resonated with a lot of guys and girls that had served. And right away when uh, I saw his video, because we had no clue who Lieutenant Colonel Scheller was, um, you know, I told Andrew, I was like, this is going to be a big deal um, that this guy is speaking out. Mark my words, they're going to come after him with everything they have. And sure enough, uh, yeah, I think it was like not even the next day or two days later, they were coming out saying he uh, was, uh, he has PTSD and this, and, you know, they were demonizing him, uh, saying, calling him crazy, which, you know, was, I knew wasn't true. Uh, just by listening to him, I'm like, this guy's not crazy for asking for accountability, but that's what they want people to think. Um, so we, I was like, I want to support this guy. Um, you know, we, we talked as a board, everybody, uh, on the pipe better foundation board was a thumbs up right away. They were like, yeah, let's do it. And, uh, we, uh, actually, one of uh, Lieutenant Colonel Shell's friends reached out to us and asked if we would uh, help him and get involved uh, because I think him being uh, a service member and, you know, just like the rest of us, uh, we're, we're, uh, it's a little hard for us to reach out and ask others for help. Uh, yeah. We, we ended up contacting him and we said, hey, we want to get behind you. Um, we agree with your message. Uh, let's do this. And, you know, at that point, the Marine Corps was coming after him. Um, they put a, they slapped a gag order on him, um, an illegal gag order and really were just setting him up for failure. Um, so we, we sort of took the reins, um, and you know, that's one of the blessings of what my wife and I and family had, because we went through that whole ordeal, which I wrote about in the book, we sort of knew the route to go and with fighting, you know, the government under the UCMJ. And I said, that's not an easy thing. There's a lot of uh, variables that can happen. Um, but we sort of have the path, um, the one that we used and it, and it worked. Uh, so we took the reins and, uh, you know, we kept in contact with him until, um, he was locked up, uh, for no reason. And, uh, you know, we, we got him, we managed, we knew some good lawyers. Uh, we introduced him to, um, we don't, we don't appoint lawyers for people. We just, you know, we have a list of vetted lawyers. I was like, Hey, if you want to talk to them, uh, and he, he surrounded himself with a really good legal team, um, which, they came up with a great plan and uh, executed it this past week uh, at trial. And, you know, I, you know, there's never going to be a complete victory when you're going against the UCMJ, you're never going to come out unscathed, but for what he was facing um, and, you know, the amount of scrutiny that was being put on him, it, it was, it was a, a, a good uh, little victory. You know, he, mm. he got a slap on the wrist, a letter of reprimand and uh, a month's pay taken away. Um, right now we're just waiting on uh Secretary of the Navy can either decide if he's going to get an honorable or dishonorable discharge. Um, so that's, you know, that's the next hurdle um, that that family is going to face. But uh, we have managed to raise uh, over two point five million uh, for him and his family because we knew the, you know, the court costs were not going to be cheap. But also the fact his retirement was going to be taken away. Um, and then if he's, you know, 
what people don't know if it's a dishonorable discharge, he won't get any of his benefits, uh, or disability. Um, so that's a lot of money. Um, and he has, yeah. a family. he has three kids. So, you know, we wanted to make sure that they were going to be taken care of, uh, once, once this is all over, because as we also found out, you know, just because, you know, they're like, okay, go on your way. It doesn't end there. Um, you know, because he was thrown or he put himself in the public spotlight and then, uh, was pretty much elevated pretty quickly once his video went viral. That's not an easy thing to navigate either. Um, so, mm-hmm. and that takes some time. And so we're, we, you know, we, uh, we're, we feel really good about what we did for his family, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's just a great feeling, all the hard work, uh, that especially my wife and, uh, our executive producer, uh, director, sorry, uh, Gina Cruden, uh, put into it with all of the, you know, stuff, doing stuff on the back end. Um, you know, we were, we were all really pleased with the way it turned out and especially with the way his trial turned out. You know, I, I follow you pretty closely on social media and I remember the day or the day after of, uh, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel Scheller putting that video out, you guys were on there and you were, you know, you're, you were, uh, putting stuff out there. Um, you know, if you ever need help or anything like that, please reach out. And, you know, I really appreciate that about you guys. Um, but also, I mean, you know, you were also out there talking to him, talking about his bit, cause I know he had a side business going on there, trying to get support for his family, trying to get people to, to, to help him out. And I think that's what it's really all about is us supporting each other and, 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 and trying to, trying to really help each other out in times like this where you can, you know, um, like you said, the UCMJ is a beast. Um, you've faced it. Uh, a lot of other service members have faced it. And I think a lot more are going to face it given what's going on out there. You know, what was on the table for Lieutenant Colonel Scheller when, uh, you know, what, what was the worst case scenario for him? Uh, you know, it could have been a lengthy uh, prison sentence. Um, but this is the thing, you know, when you're dealing with the UCMJ and we, you know, we saw it play out with Lieutenant Colonel Scheller. Um, they, they play by their own rules. So, you know, it's rules for thee, not for me. And they, when they locked him, you know, they locked him up, um, had no reason to lock him up whatsoever. They couldn't even come up with a reason. And, you know, we, he had a hearing, I think he was in, uh, the brig for about a week, uh, maybe five or six days. And they give you a hearing while you're in there to see if you need to stay in the brig until your court date or not. And, you know, if you're, if you're a, uh, a risk to the case or a flight risk in which he proved he wasn't any of those. He had not done anything. Um, he had not disparaged the, the, uh, people above him. He, all he did was ask for accountability. Um, and so, you know, when they threw him in there, uh, we, we started advocating for him. Um, you know, we'd already had been, but then we really started like, uh, putting out exactly what they were doing. And, uh, I think the, during his hearing, the, some of the media wanted to come and, watch which is allowed um and uh we had members of congress wanting to go down there and support and watch and they were being denied the the marine corps is like no no one's allowed to come into this this will not be recorded because they want to do they want to kangaroo court it just like they do you know every time and so the one of the media outlets threatened to sue them um and as soon as that you know threat was put out there they the marine corps broke and was like okay fine he can just leave and we'll just let him out so to me, I was like, well, then he really, he didn't belong there in the first place. If you're just yeah. letting him out like that, and so you just proved, you know what a what a sham some of this is. Uh, but you know that's 
that's why we started the foundation is, you know, we, the, the government, you know, the UCMJ, um, they threw everything at our family. I mean, I think we went through every gauntlet that, uh, they could throw us, you know, throw at us. And, uh, we, we overcame each one because we figured out how to beat them at their own game. Um, mm-hmm. and it works, you know, and all, all you have to really do is put out the truth and be like, here's what's happening. Here's why they're doing this. Um, and as soon as people can see just how nonsensical it is at times or and it doesn't make sense, you know, it, it infuriates people because we should not be treating, you know, our nation's warriors like this, you know, whether they're active duty, law enforcement or first responders, you know, these people signed up to serve their country, you know, they're, they should be given due process, just like every other American should be allowed. But unfortunately, what we've seen in the past year, especially um, with the law enforcement, you know, they, it's mob justice, um, right. you know, depending on what entity wants to, uh, you know, whether it's Black Lives Matter or Antifa or whatever, they, they all get together and, you know, sit there and uh, point the finger and the, unfortunately, um, the justice system bows down to it and they don't, you know, they don't want to get canceled or whatever. So they'll just bow down and it's mob justice. And these people do not get a fair trial whatsoever. Yep. No, exactly. You know, uh, we, we've got some other things coming down the pike here. You know, I was watching uh, Doc Parsley on, on his Instagram page. He posted something the other day. He said that um, Navy SEALs who are pursue or Secretary Austin said that Navy SEALs who are pursuing religious exemptions for the vaccine could be potentially made to repay the cost of their training to the government. Uh, and we're seeing a bunch of stuff like that happening right now. I'm sure you guys are going to get, get calls about this. And, and I've seen you and Andrea do, do uh, uh, webinars about, you know, how to pursue these types of exemptions for the vaccine. Um, what are your thoughts on this? And, and where do you think this is all going here? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, my thoughts on our is just like my thoughts on the vaccine mandate period. I'm like, it's taking away people's freedom. Uh, you know, I'm not anti-vaxxing vaxxer. I'm just more like for freedom. I'm like, you, sh- you want to take the vaccine, take it. If you don't, don't. Uh, but unfortunately that's not what we're seeing. And I truly believe this is my thoughts on it. Um, especially when it comes to the military. Uh, I think they're doing a purge of, of the military. This is their way of doing it for people who stand up for their beliefs. Um, people who, uh, are sort of sit on a certain side of the fence, which whatever you want to call it, they're conservative. Um, and this is a way they can get rid of those people out of the military because this administration just wants people who will obey and conform, uh, and do what they say without question. And, this is the route that they're taking. Uh, unfortunately, I think for them, people are standing up and fighting back. You know, I have plenty of friends that were still in the teams. Uh, we've gotten, you know, hundreds of calls. Um, and that's why we put out that video of like, Hey, here's the rules for the exemptions just so you have it. Um, but unfortunately they're not, they're not listening to any of those. Those exemptions don't, don't matter. Uh, the, the threat is either take it or get out or get kicked out. And, it doesn't matter how many years of service you have. And, you know, I have buddies that have 18, 19 years don't want to take the vaccine, but they, the government knows that they'll just take away their retirement then. And then they lose everything they've fought for the past 20 years. And it's, it's wrong. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, we're going to keep fighting that good fight as well. Uh, we'll, 
you know, we got a call later on today with uh, a lady who has found a way um, to uh, get around all of the, the stuff that they're mandating. Um, so hopefully we can get some good information out of that, but this is, this will be an ongoing battle uh, for sure. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, you're going to lose a lot, a lot of good people out of the military because of this. Right. Right. And, you know, I, I have to say this, I mean, you and I and everybody who served, we've probably been vaccinated more than, than, you know, 99.9% of the population. I mean, I've, I've had every single vaccine. I'm not anti-vax at all. You know, at the same time, right after I got a bunch of those vaccines, I developed a whole bunch of medical problems that came out of nowhere. So I'm, I'm a little reticent about what I choose to put in my body. I'm not saying the vaccine doesn't work. I'm not saying vaccines don't work. I'm not saying they're going to kill everybody. But I'm very, very careful about what I put in my body. And I know a lot of veterans are, too, because we tend to get all these crazy medical issues that just come out of nowhere. Right. Exactly. You know, and I've heard that argument, uh, you know, from other service members who were like, oh, what's the big deal? We all took, you know, 20 different vaccines when we came in willingly, you know, and I'll say this. I'm like, yeah, we did. Uh, I was 19 at the time and I didn't know any better. Uh, But you know what? We all live and learn. Uh, We get we get smarter uh, with the more information that we have. And, you know, just because you did took those vaccines 18 years ago doesn't mean you should just take another one because they're forcing you to, you know, I would question it, um, especially with all the information that's put out there too, you know, not to go down a rabbit hole with the vaccine, but it's not a hundred percent effective. And there's a lot of questions out there. of uh, Why, why should I take it? If I can still get COVID uh, I can still spread it. Um, There's been complications and, you know, you can't blame service members for not wanting to take it if it's not, if they're seeing all this information saying, you know, hey, this isn't effective and this could be unhealthy for me. Uh, so it's just, it's one of those things, you know, you, unfortunately, you don't have a lot of rights in the military uh, once you sign up, but that doesn't mean you can't stand up and fight for what is right, you know. Exactly. So what, what are the types of cases have you guys come across since, uh, since starting the Pipe Hitter Foundation? Sure. Uh, so when we uh, first started, it got it up and running. Um, we have, we've helped out a lot of, uh, a lot of guys in my community, um, which, you know, so part of what our, what our foundation does is, you know, we, we pick up cases where people are being unjustly treated, um, you know, twice once or twice a month, uh, depending on if everybody can get together, we review all the cases um, that are, you know, people fill out online. And we have a great board. Uh, we have, you know, uh, law enforcement. I have another SEAL on the board. Uh, I also have um, a lawyer, a really awesome, Mark Casey, who is uh, my lawyer for my case. Um, and then we have uh, Tommy Marquez, who used to work for Duncan Hunter. He has... Uh, so much knowledge on all the back end stuff in the military, all the administ- administrative stuff and logistics, because that was his job when he was in. Um, and we have Joni Marquez. Uh, she really focuses on the health side of things. So we, we all get together and, you know, we go over, we review each case and we give it either a thumbs up, or thumbs down, whether or not we're going to support them. And if we do decide to support them. Uh, what we do is, you know, we'll, we'll fund if they need it. Uh, fund their legal defense, raise money to fund their legal defense. We will also uh, provide emergency relief aid to their family uh, as they're going through this stressful time. 
And then we will also, a big thing is advocate for them if they need it or if they want it. Uh, you know, with the special operators that we've helped out, obviously they don't want to be known. Um, so we don't have, you know, we will not publicly advocate for them. We'll just sort of work behind the scenes to make sure their, their families are taken care of. Um, but then, you know, with, uh, we are representing right now, uh, Matt Degas, uh, he's a law enforcement officer out of San Diego. Um, you know, he, we're advocating for him. Uh, so we, we put out stuff, what's going on with his trial and, uh, you know, or soon to be trial, but just all the stuff they're trying to pull in the, in the interim until he gets a trial, which is, it's very corrupt and, uh, deceitful and, so we, we get all that information. We put out the truth. We're like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what his family's going through. And then we collect donations so he can uh, help, you know, uh, fund his legal defense to fight back, you know. And, and also uh, what's really cool is, you know, just like me, Matt Degas could not speak out on his own. You know, he's entrapped within the uh, San Diego PD thing and he, it's, not, it's not allowed for him to go speak out. So his wife, who's, she's amazing. She's a, remind me of Andrea. She, you know, she was ticked. Um, This was going on. And so Andrea talked to her and just sort of helped coach, coach her through like, Hey, when you go on the media, focus on this, focus on this, uh, you know, cause it is very hard when you do that stuff too, as well. Um, You got to like sort of stay on point and, you know, during, depending on who's interviewing you, they'll go off on another tangent or different direction. And you got to like sort of try and bring them back. And that's, well, for me, watching Andrea and them do it, I'm like, I, I'm not that great at it, but it's, it's almost like an art form. Uh, so Andrea, you know, helps coach them on that, on that, uh, that part. And, um, you know, his Degas, his wife got out there and she's done some podcasts and been on the news and that's really helped, you know, that, and that's the big thing is getting the story out. Um, and so that's, you know, that's a big case, uh, that we're still, we're still fighting, um, for helping fight. And then, uh, the Blackwater, the Raven guys that uh, they were pardoned uh, right before uh, President Trump left office. Um, you know, those guys, those poor guys served, uh, I can't remember how many years in prison. But if you, you know, people look, go look at their story about what happened and you, know, you can go on uh, Sean Ryan's podcast. He did an awesome interview with all four of them. Um, those guys, you know, got screwed from the beginning. And then just because they were pardoned, they still owe a bunch of money and legal legal fees because they went to trial multiple times. Um, you know, their lives aren't back to normal. So we stepped in. We're like, hey, we want to raise money to pay off your legal fees and, you know, help you guys get back on your feet. Um, so that that's another big one that we're, we're raising money for right now. And, you know, again, I'll just reiterate, if people want to know more about their story, go on, you know, listen to Sean Ryan. You did a great interview with them. That's awesome. Is there So generally, like, people can go and, and learn about like the Diggis case on your website or they can, they can put yeah. that up there. So yeah, if you go, you know, on the pipefitterfoundation.org, uh, we have each of the people that we're helping. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, the people that we're advocating for and are, are willing to be uh, public about it. Uh, we have, you know, information about each of their cases and why we're supporting them. Um, so, and then people, we also have links so people can donate to each of those people if they want, if they want. Wow. How much, how much of this is, is also PR because, you know, with social media these days, when one of these cases gets out there, people tend to get murdered and dragged through social media, um, you know, and, and that tends to be even worse than the courts. I mean, people get death threats, all types of different things. 
you know, how much of this do you think is, is just straight PR trying to get the word out about these guys and that they're being, that they're treated unfairly, unfairly. I'd say that's a huge percentage of it. Um, you know, that's one of the things I learned through going through my case, uh, you know, you know, my wife, Andrea, that she's, I mean, I still say to this day, I mean, she's the only reason I'm sitting here talking today because she stood up, uh, after they had locked me up and was like, this isn't happening. Um, and you know, at first she tried to take a route where she went to the, wrote a letter to the command asking, why are you doing this? Uh, we need help. Um, we don't, my husband's gone in prison. We don't have anything. And then when she got no response back from them or no help, she decided, okay, I'm going to do this on my own. And she started a uh, organic Instagram campaign. Um, and that was huge. You know, she was putting out all the facts that the media wasn't putting out or that the command was hiding. And that, I think that's one of the uh, big factors in, you know, how, my case got so much notoriety and how many people got behind us is because she was putting out all the right information. Um, and that's, that's sort of what you have to do because we know that the mainstream media, um, you know, certain entities, you know, also New York times being one of them will take a narrative and really just run with it, uh, not doing their due diligence, uh, into, you know, real journalistic work. They'll just, you know, to, cause everything's political nowadays. So, you know, with, especially with like the Matt Vegas case, you know, they, when he uh, was initially brought up on these charges, you know, the media had a frenzy with it. They were put, they put his face out there. Um, I, I believe they put his at, you know, they had just bought a new home. Um, they put his address out there and that, that just that night when they did it, that he had the mob at his house, uh, you know, screaming, yelling at them. And, that, you know, this guy has a wife and kid. So they had to literally move um, from where they lived to escape all of this, you know, and that's, and that's just the beginning of your life uh, being flipped around. Um, so when there's that narrative being put out there by the media, you have to combat it. And so that's, that's what we do. You know, we, we put out, we pretty much what we do is the media will take out the context. You know, they'll just put up little snippets. We'll add the context, like here's the full length of what happened. Here's what's really going on. Um, so people can actually critically think on their own and be like, okay, this, what's happening to this police officer is BS, you know? Yeah. Um, but that is, that is a huge part of it. Yeah. And it, it's crazy to me. Cause I remember when your case first came out and I saw them flashing pictures of you on, on the TV screen and they made you look like you were some sort of like douchebag, like, yeah. like for lack of a better word, like some sort of like wannabe alpha douchebag who was like, I just want to kill everybody. And even in the pictures they had of you looked like they'd been distorted somehow to make you look meaner and stuff like that. And it, it just insane to me how they could do this to a person, how they can literally take all the dimensions, all of our senses and try to like weaponize them against you. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're masters at it, right. They've been doing it for so long. Uh, and that's, you know, that's the thing I learned going through it. Cause I never paid attention too much when I was in about what, you know, what was going on. Uh, but going through that, yeah, they, they can completely change your whole personality, your whole character. Um, and that's, you know, that is one of the unfortunate side effects of going through something like this. And there's really nothing you can do about that. That's just something you're going to have. I've had to learn to take on, uh, and, sort of ignore, you know, and be like, okay, that's, 
that's the way you want to portray me. That's fine. I'm just going to continue to be myself, but that is a battle for, and you know, um, I think Lieutenant Colonel Scheller is going to feel that when he gets out. Uh, you know, I know Matthew Davis feels it all the time now because there's still people out there, you know, asking for his head uh, for really nothing. I mean, the guy, the guy didn't. They're they're charging him with falsifying a police report, which is not even true either. Um, that's just one thing that they they could get him on or try to get him on. Um, but you know. Some stuff like that. I mean, I can only speak on for me because when I went through it, it just it, you could either let that stuff take you down and become, you know, become a victim and be like, oh, poor me. I can't believe it. Or you can just keep moving forward and be like, you know what? I'm just going to make it's I'm just going to have it make me stronger. I'm going to gain strength from this and use this as I go forward, um, which is the path that we we've taken. Um, and it's really the I mean, it's the only path I can see taken. I don't, the other option is just not, it's not in our DNA. So. Absolutely. And, and that's a big message I got from your book, man in the arena. Um, you know, that, that book is absolutely awesome. Uh, you know, going through it written by yourself, by Andrea, by some of the attorneys who represented you, you had, you had a, a gentleman there who, who was serving time with you as well. Um, you, you know, and how's the response to the book been, uh, you know, how, how, how's, how are people receiving it? Oh, it's, it's been, uh, it's been humbling. Uh, you know, the, we, when we put it out, it, it was on multiple bestseller things on Amazon. And, and I really don't know how the whole <laughs> book world works. I still don't. Uh, but it, you know, we, we were just grateful. I mean, we sold, I don't know how many thousands of copies right off the bat and it's still, you know, it's still going, um, it's, you know, I'm just, I'm just grateful. I think it's, I think it's doing well. Um, and it'll still continue to do so. Um, even, you know, battling with some of the other narratives that are put out there still, but it's the one thing I can sit there and, uh, sit on is I put everything in that book, you know, every, all the evidence, all, you know, everything they had against me, which I'll tell you like the Navy, the government, uh, New York times, none of them have done that. They won't, they refuse to do it, um, because they're hiding, they're hiding all the corrupt things that they did and they're hiding the true narrative. Um, so I'm just, you know, I'm grateful that I was able to do the book and able to put that information out there. And, you know, the response has been, it's been awesome. Um, I think it's been a big eye opener for people. And especially what really makes me feel good is like people who had a take on me, um, from reading the media and then, that they were even willing to read my book and then, you know, you know, writing comments to us, like, you know, I had no idea this was a big eye opener for me. And, you know, and they sort of changed their minds. Has, has anybody apologized to you at all from, from, you know, the, the, the seals who accused you to the reporters involved in the whole thing to, to members of your command who turned their backs on you Has anybody at all apologized to you? No. Uh, you know, we're, we're in a lawsuit with the Navy right now. Um, so they leaked because they leaked all my private information, uh, to the New York times, which we have all the evidence that they did it. Um, and then, you know, the New York times then leaked that stuff to certain other entities in the media. And they had, I guess when I was locked up, they had, you know, I forget if it was on CBS or somewhere they had put up, uh, 
my say my social security number, everything out there. Uh, and so that, that is one, because you can't really, you can't sue the military. It's almost right. impossible while you're in, uh, because of the Ferris act, but we found this loophole, uh, that they, what they did was illegal. And so we sued them. And so just to show the arrogance of the Navy, you know, they came back admitting they were like, Oh yeah, we did that. But what did it really do to you? Like, and so that's the, I mean, that's the attitude that you're dealing with, you know, this elitist, um, we can do no wrong attitude. And and part of me, I, I don't, I don't blame them for admitting wrongdoing because I know that the, the detriment that'll have if our military leadership is like, Oh yeah, we, we did do all this and we messed up, you know, they're going to lose a lot of faith and a lot of trust in the men and women below them. But at the same time, I'm like, I think it would be a lot stronger if they were just came out and owned it um, and said, you know what, we did this poorly. Um, We're not going to let this happen again. Uh, You know, I'm going to take, what Lieutenant Colonel Scheller's in accountability for what happened. But I think that's the, that's the big thing that we're missing in today's military leadership is the, is the accountability piece, um, you know, which we saw with the withdrawal. Um, and I think that, you know, it's, it's unfortunate and it's, it's sad that, you know, cause we're all raised, you know, in the military, especially in the Marines and uh, the SEAL teams, like you, you take accountability for everything that you do, you own it, you know, and if you own it and learn from it, you'll be fine. Uh, that's the way I was raised. And just to see these leaders do the exact opposite, um, it's it's sad. And I know it's causing uh, a, a lot of strife with the uh, with the enlisted community in all branches. Big time, big time. You know, and, and for all of us who've gotten out and, you know, thought we were leaving a legacy, I think that it's heartbreaking, you know, to, to, to see what's going on, you know. It is. But you know what? I think there's enough of us veterans who are speaking out and, you know, talking about it, having discussions about it. And I think the more that the American people can listen to those discussions and listen to them, some of these valid points, uh, the more educated they will be. And and hopefully, you know, that'll cause enough pressure on these institutions like Annapolis or West Point or the the institutions that create these leaders to really revise of like, okay, what are we doing here that's causing this sort of elitist attitude coming out of these institutions. Uh, like how can we fix this? And I'm, I'm hoping that'll happen. Exactly. You know, one, one other thing I want to bring up here, and this is like, I mean, it's not even a controversy, but it, I think it's misinformation from people when um, the Lieutenant Colonel Scheller thing was going on. Um, I think one of these girls from, um, from a uh, bar store or something like that, she came on and she, she was like, uh, um, you know, I was all about Lieutenant Colonel Scheller until I heard Eddie Gallagher stepped in the picture and him and his foundation are going to get all the money. And, you know, I remember Andrea came on and she commented, she corrected her right then and there and was like, we don't take any of this money. I just want to give you an opportunity to, to talk about that because it, it, people are ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, and that's, <laughs> that's part of the, that's part of the game. You know, I, I really think, you know, when you're, you're out there and you're doing good for other people and, you know, just when you think you're like, this is awesome. We're helping this guy out and his family, you know, and there's always somebody that's going to come in and try and take you down and try and like, Oh, you're, you guys are corrupt and taking all this money. Uh, you know, I'll put it out right now. Like, yeah, we, we're not taking any of the money. We don't make any money. As a matter of fact, you know, that, <laughs> you know, we, 
my poor wife, you know, works around the clock, uh, dealing, you know, answering emails and questions. And, you know, I watch her, you know, she's behind a computer for 12 hours and she's not getting paid for any of it. All of it, it's a benevolent organization. All of it is out the goodness of our heart. Like we want to help these people. It's, it's our purpose. Um, so yeah, we don't, we don't make any money. Believe me, we have one paid employee and that's, uh, you know, and she's <laughs> meagerly paid. Yeah. And, you know, she's, you know, she's a saint, Dina Cruden. I mean, that's our executive director. Um, uh, but no, we don't, uh, take any of the money. Uh, you know, we have a clause, which we had made, um, with Lieutenant Colonel Scheller's case that 5% of the donations will go back to the actual foundation so we can continue to support other members that we're helping. Um, and that's, that's still not a lot of money, but that's not what we're doing this for. Right. Right. And I think people don't understand economics. They think if you have a million dollars, that's going to, you know, have you rolling in dough and you're going to be like Scrooge McDuck diving in your coins. It's that you can't even get, you know, two decent, three decent salaries off of that. If, if, if you were doing that, you know what I mean? And we do a phenomenal job, uh, because of Dina Cruden, because she's been in this, uh, realm for a long time of making sure all of our, you know, I's are dotted and T's are crossed and that we're doing everything ethically and morally. I mean, you know, when you're, when you're running a nonprofit, that's, that's huge. Uh, and you want to be very transparent with people. So, I mean, we've had people, you know, uh, especially with the Degas case, um, you know, we, we were started supporting him and then, all of a sudden these haters jump on. They're like, Oh, we want to see your IRS forms. You're taking this money. And they just start accusing you. And you're like, well, all right, here it is. Like we're not hiding anything, but before you, you know, and that's the problem nowadays is people will just accuse, you know, go on social media and type in whatever they want um, because they they're pissed off in their basement or whatever. But it's like, yeah, we're, we're not hiding anything. We're like, here it is. Um, and, you know, I'll reiterate, we don't, we're not doing this for any, any type of money at all. Right. And you do have legitimate businesses out there. I, I got to say, I, I, I fired your, uh, or I own one of your Seek Battle rifles and, and uh, it's one of the best rifles I've ever fired in my life. It's absolutely outstanding. Uh, trigger's amazing. It's, it's awesome, man. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, we live in uh, the panhandle of Florida right by Destin and we really wanted to um, start doing stuff with the local community around here. And that was precision tactical was uh one of the stores here. And so, you know, we went in there and worked out uh, a plan and to build a rifle and uh, you know, they let me pick out all the parts and I, you know, I was pretty picky with everything. And, you know, I was really pleased with the way the rifle, the seat battle rifle came out. Um, and that's, you know, it's been awesome. Uh, you know, we've, we've moved on from the rifle to, we sell uh, pistols now, and then we're going to come out with a uh, fixed blade here in about a month. Um, and then we also have the brass knuckles, um, Um, paperweights paperweights right yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah those are awesome i you know and the detail on on the rifle is absolutely amazing it's got it's got a a man in the arena quote on there it's got it's got a a couple of other really cool features that you got to look around the rifle to find but but they're absolutely awesome and and i gotta tip my hat to you it's 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 an amazing piece thank you brother yeah i appreciate i appreciate you buying one too man that's awesome yeah and that's that's the beauty of it. You know, I, I wanted to get involved in something with, you know, that I like doing. So it's, you know, I can go to the range and shoot and then, uh, you know, we'll move on from there up to help hopefully instructing, help, you know, instructing people on gun safety and how to actually use weapons, uh, 
which I think is needed uh, big time. So that's, you know, that, that's in my future, my future plans here. Um, you know, we're just getting done with the book sort of settling down. And then, uh, you know, obviously with the nonprofit that's been keeping us busy, but I definitely want to help, you know, start teaching uh, civilians how to properly defend themselves and how to use weapons properly. That's awesome. And anything else in the books for you in, in the future? Any, any big things coming up? Uh, you know, we got, um, there's some things I'm working on. Um, a lot of it pertains to the uh, nonprofit. You know, I think one of the uh, pillars that I want to add on is the, the overall just health of guys, um, you know, when they get out. And then also for these guys who are going through these stressful times, if they're being un, you know, unjustly treated. Um, I know the toll that can take on a person, um, you know, because I went through it, uh, you know, the year after I got out was a struggle, um, just trying to get over all of that. Um, and I had a lot of help uh, along the way. So I really want to extend that as well to guys um, when they get out. So it's uh, one of the ideas uh, that we've come up with is, you know, I uh, made uh, a great connection with uh, two amazing guys that they own America top team, uh, Dan Lambert and Rich and uh, I hopefully we're, we're in the plans of working it so we can take a group of veterans or that are transitioning, bring them over to America top team, let them train for a week uh, with, you know, some of the, the best dudes in UFC um, and just sort of like, you know, sweat it out. Uh, and really, you know, I think that'll help get guys motivated again, because, you know, I think when you get out, you sort of lose your purpose and, um, you, the hard part is finding another purpose and, uh, you can easily go down uh, a dark hole if you, you know, if you're not out there seeking that purpose or testing yourself. And, uh, this is just a way that we can bring guys over there, help them test themselves. They can sweat it out and hopefully rejuvenate them to be like, you know what, this is now I want to go do this. Um, and, uh, so that is definitely, uh, something I'm, I'm looking forward to here in the near future. Um, and then also, just collaborating with uh, other veteran-owned companies, um, help, you know, we just uh, went up to um, Richmond, Virginia this past weekend uh, with the uh, Uncommon Grit Foundation. Um, they, just an amazing organization that they threw out this fundraiser and they're really raising money for other veteran-owned organizations to help them out, uh, which I think is huge. Um, you know, I think, you know, if you want to support uh, anybody in this country or support businesses, uh, try and support better known businesses. You know, these, these, these guys and, and women, you know, serve their country for how many years and then get out and are still going, pushing forward, trying to succeed. And, you know, I think that's something that should be applauded. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. American top team. That's not far from here. They, they, they have an amazing facility over there. It's really, really awesome. It is. And those, those two, you know, Dan and Rich, they are some amazing human beings. You know, they love this country and they love, they love the military. Um, you know, they had me come out. I got to stay there for about a week and train and just, it was probably the best week. One of the best weeks I had. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. How can my audience help you out? What what can we do for you? Um, so yeah. So, I mean, definitely, uh, you know, I, obviously I have, um, my Instagram page, um, you can, follow that to see, uh, everything that we're getting into. Um, we also have a, uh, my wife has one as well, Andrea, uh, underscore Gallagher. And then, um, we have a pipe hitter foundation, um, IG, which we put out information, um, about the members that we're helping. 
Um, we'll, that's where we'll constantly update people like we did with Lieutenant Colonel Scheller while he was going through his, you know, I was constantly updating on my page, on my pipeitter page. And, uh, and then also we have the pipeitterfoundation.org. You know, I would just say for people uh, to, you know, check in uh, with those and see, you know, who we're helping, who we're supporting, you know, dig in, do your, do your research. Um, and, uh, you know, if you can donate, because I'll tell you, like, this is, it's an important issue that I think I'm glad that we started it, but I think it's one of those that's sort of overlooked, um, because it's not really, um, hasn't been an, an issue in the past. Uh, but it is, and you know, the, the money that you donate does go to these families. Um, and I can tell you, it helps them in so many ways, you know, um, just, you know, just to see like the look of relief on their face when they know they're going to be taken care of. And you can sort of take that layer of stress off of them because they have about 20 other layers um, that they're dealing with. So, you know, that's just to give you an idea of where their money goes. Um, so I would just say, yeah, keep, keep, an, uh, keep an eye on that. And then, um, you know, just continue to be great Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, Eddie, I, I, again, just got to acknowledge you. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you for helping out Lieutenant Colonel Scheller and everybody else that, that you're helping out through the pipe hitter foundation. Thank you for writing your book and, and telling the truth about what happened and putting those resources out there, literally linking the, the raw evidence to the book, right? You, you can't get better than that. It was outstanding. And, and thank you for not giving up, man. You're awesome. Hey, I appreciate that, brother. Thank you for having me on, man. It's always great talking to you, you know, and keep doing what you're doing, putting the good word out and just having great conversations. You know, I, it does, it does a lot. Uh, you know, I listen to you and a couple others, you know, throughout the week and it's just, it's a good thing for people to, to listen in and actually get, uh, get a good conversation about, about what people are dealing with and also good advice. hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, thanks Eddie. And to everybody else out there, Get out there and live your best lives while you can. We're going to have all the links up on the show notes for this episode for Eddie's social media. And enjoy the rest of your week. This is Chris Albert and Eddie Gallagher, and we are out. Yeah, God bless.